0: Giving the Temple Mount to Jordan, Yielding American Sovereignty to the World Health Organization, Central Bank Digital Currencies, and the Bank for International Settlements, and Precursors to the Mark of the Beast, all in the headlines. We will analyze these events from a prophetic perspective on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. This past Friday, President Biden met with Jordan's King Abdullah II at the White House. During the meeting, President Biden affirmed his strong support for a two-state solution to the Israel-Palestinian conflict. In other words, he advocates for trading the promised land for peace. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, that's, totally, that's diametrically opposed to the Word of God for Israel and to push them to trade land for peace. But that's what he's doing. And he cited the need to preserve the historic status quo, which I'll get into in just a moment, at the Haram al-Sharif, or the temple, we would call it, the Temple Mount. The president also recognized the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan's crucial role as the custodian of the Muslim holy places, that's what they're saying, the Muslim holy places in Jerusalem. Now, got to set a few things straight here. First, God told Israel not to sign any peace agreements giving up the promised land. All the way back in Exodus chapter twenty-three, verse thirty-two through thirty-three, God said, "Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall they shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against thee. For if they uh, sin against me, for if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto them or unto thee." So, God was saying, when you go into this land, you don't sign any covenants with the heathen that are in the land. Drive them out of there. You inhabit the land, because if you go in there, and you leave them in there, and you start to serve their gods, then I'm going to come against you. So, very important that we understand what... Now, you say, well, I thought the Bible says that in Daniel 9, 27, that the Israelis will sign a peace agreement. They will sign a peace agreement. But it's not God's will for them to do that. Okay? So when you're studying all these things, you've got to make sure you study all the verses so you can get the big picture here. Even though we, Doug and myself and Vince and all of us, we talk about the peace agreement that will be signed in the very near future, I am in no way advocating for Israel to do that. I don't think they should give away one inch of land for peace. But the Bible prophesies that they're going to, and they're going to be judged before judged because of it. You'll see that if you study the Scriptures and understand that many of the Israelis will be killed in the end time. Second, because of this meeting on Friday, the second thing I want to kind of clear up is that these are not God-given true Muslim holy sites. Almighty God did not give Muslims the promised land. He gave it to the descendants of Abraham through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name was then changed to Israel. Exodus chapter 6, verse 7 through 8 says, And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land concerning Israel, the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for inheritance. I am the Lord. And then God, in the Old Testament, put his name there p- close to 40 times. In 1 Kings eleven thirty six, 36, it says, And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David, my servant, may have A light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen to put my name there. Now, you understand the importance of Israel and especially Jerusalem. Then, more importantly, the Temple Mount. That that is to God Almighty forever. And imagine King David saying to Goliath. Well, let's sign an agreement and I'll share the Temple Mount with you. Can you see King David doing that with with Goliath, the Philistine? No, absolutely not. But now, here we are, what, 3,000 years later, and the Bible says that they will, they've already traded land for peace, and it hasn't brought them peace. Remember when Ariel Sharon gave them back Gaza? And look what's happening in Gaza now. They're constantly bombing Israel with rockets. So, the United States of America, folks, should never mess with Jerusalem, or Israel for that matter, because God is not pleased when anyone messes with Jerusalem. Um, In Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 through 3, it says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. So in the end time, just the very few short years we have left before the second coming of Jesus Christ... We have got to, as the people of the United States, stand with and protect Israel. If they make mistakes, that's between them and God. But we're still going to stand with and support Israel. Because these principles that are laid out in the Bible, they're forever. And we can't mess with that. We, as the United States, our administration in Washington, they should never advocate for Israel. Oh, just, yeah, let's have a two-state solution. Trade land for peace. We should never do that. Because it's diametrically opposed to the Word of God. Now, the status quo on the Temple Mount, it's in the news every day. You say, well, what's the status quo? Well, I know that I'm coming up to a break here, so I'm going to hold for just a moment. And that way I can dive straight off into it after the break. But it's very important that we understand some of these terms because... We don't want to get to the point as Americans where we would say, oh yeah, sign a peace agreement and that'll bring you peace. A peace agreement's never going to bring Israel peace. When they turn to God and serve God completely, that would bring them peace. But that's not going to happen. The Bible says they will sign an agreement and it's eventually going to fail and then the world governing armies are going to come down against Israel. But I want you to understand these things because... We're watching these things play out in our news every day.
1: In the Bible, God gave us a timeline from the beginning to the end of the age. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. Get your DVD of The Future According to Bible Prophecy free with a gift of any amount. Go to intime.com/future or call 800 time That's intime.com/future or
2: 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with a magazine, then went on radio and TV, It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: I've got a very quick announcement before we get into the status quo on the Temple Mount. This coming Thursday evening, May 19th, from 7 to 9 p.m., I'll be down in Kaufman, Texas. We're going to do a prophecy conference down there. Uh, the, the, some friends of ours are starting a church in Kaufman, And so it's very cool. You definitely would want to meet us down there. It's the Kaufman First Church. But the facility that we're meeting in for the prophecy conference is the Grace Fellowship Baptist Church. It's at 7650 FM, 1388. And again, that's this coming Thursday evening from 7 to 9. Me and my wife will be down there. Love to meet you down there. We'll hang around, answer questions, whatever you guys want to do. And it's going to be a great time. So we will, uh, all the information is on our website, endtime.com. Go under the events and the conferences tab and uh, meet us down there. It's about 45 minutes, maybe to an hour South of our studios here, and we'll see you down there Thursday evening, uh, starting at around 7 o'clock. We'll actually start at 7 o'clock, so look forward to seeing many of you down there. Now, the status quo on the Temple Mount. Let's go back a little bit, and I'll bring you up to today, and then we'll get off into some of the world banking and the international settlements and and things like that, or the Bank for International Settlements. So during the um, Six Days War in 1967, Israel defeated all of her enemies... In just six days, Israel captured the Sinai Desert in the south from Egypt, the Golan Heights in the north from Syria, and then the biblical area of Judea, Samaria, and Jordan, over into Jordan, including the entire city of Jerusalem. Uh, Jordan had controlled it up to that point, the East Jerusalem. So all of these areas were part of the biblical promised land. And again, prior to 67, Israel or Jordan illegally occupied the East, East Jerusalem and the West Bank. So, of course, the crowning event was the capture of the city of Jerusalem, the entire city. And in particular, the Temple Mount, where Almighty God said close to 40 times in the Old Testament that He would put His name in Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Now... Um, the Temple Mount is the same place where Abraham raised the knife over Isaac to sacrifice him, or he was going to sacrifice him. It's the same place where the threshing floor of of uh, Arana, that God told David to buy from Arana, that's where it's located, the Temple Mount. It's where the first temple stood, it's where the second temple stood, and it's where the third temple will stand very soon. So when they conquered it in 1967... Mr. Shlomo Gorin was the chief rabbi of the, of the uh, Israeli Defense Forces. And he was there when the temple was taken. We, 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 I know many people that were there. Rabbi uh, Devorah Ganani, who was just here the other day on the radio program with us, she was a soldier that was there that day when the temple mount was taken. So Rabbi Gorin turned to his commanding general and said, Hey, General Uzi, now's the time. I mean, take the dynamite. He actually had dynamite in his satchel. Take the dynamite, blow up the Dome of the Rock, and blow up the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Purge this holy place from the heathen shrines. Well, General Uzi said, Rabbi, that's enough. Be quiet. But Shlomo Goren was not to be deterred. He said, listen, you'll go down in history if you'll do it. We were told by God, destroy, tear down their high places. And this is the moment of redemption that you realize they haven't had it from 70 A.D. until 1967. They had not been on the Temple Mount. Well, General Uzi said, if you don't stop, I'll take you to jail. Well, Rabbi Gorin, he bowed his head and he walked away sorrowfully because it was an opportunity missed in all of history. And Many people believed if Israel had removed the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and immediately began building their temple, many people believed the Messiah would have returned right then. But, of course, it was not to be. Instead, Israel disobeyed God. Instead of removing the pagan houses of worship, Israel's government invited the Muslim waqf, the Muslim authority, and I can't even imagine this, but they invited them back to and placed them place the Temple Mount under their control. Now, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? And this is the current status quo that's talked about in the news daily. The the Muslim walk doesn't want to allow Jews up there to pray, and so, because they control it. Well, why did they do this? Well, they did it because they feared the international community, and what it would do if they did away with the Muslim the quote-unquote Muslim holy place. And additionally, they did it because the Jewish government was secular and they didn't want to ignite a religious revival that would sweep them out of power and bring about a a renewal of the nation of Israel as it was in biblical days. Imagine if Israel would have built her third temple and resumed sacrifices and a lot of different things would have happened. Great revival in Israel. Consequently, they invited the Muslims back and put them in control of the Temple Mount. They should have never done it, but they did. They did not want to do what God told them to do, drive them out, tear down their high places. You know, drive out the the inhabitants from the Promised Land, period. Instead, they attempted to coexist with them and even gave them control of the Temple Mount. It was unthinkable. You know, Numbers 33, 50-55, it explains what God expected His people to do. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, and He said, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you are passed over into, over Jordan, the river Jordan, into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all of the inhabitants of the land from before you. And, God was going to go with them and deliver them. All they had to do was just go take the land. And he said, you destroy all their pictures, destroy their molten images, and quite pluck down their high places. Now, the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque, they were the Muslim high places. And General Uzi, if he knew something about the Word of God, he should have tore those down. God specifically said to pluck them down, tear them down. And then Numbers 33, 53 through 55 says, And you shall possess the inhabitants of the land. I'm sorry, you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them they are going to be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. So instead of doing what God told them to do, the government of Israel, they feared man and did what they wanted to do and they deal with the consequences of that decision every single day. I, we, prior to COVID, we took two tours to Israel every year. And we're going back here in September. Our tour is full. we are now got people that are registering for the spring tour already. Everybody wants to go back. Well, I've been there, I don't know, 15 times. I think my wife's been there 25 or 26 times. And you can see how the Jews and the Arabs living there together, how that is, is conflicting. I mean, they just basically kind of tolerate each other but you can see what happens up on the Temple Mount when Israel's Independence Day is coming, or and they they just have these Muslim flare-ups on the Temple Mount. They don't want to allow them to pray, and they you know drive Jews off the Temple Mount and they throw rocks, they do those other things. Well, guess what? If the Dome of the Rock and the Al Aqsa Mosque weren't up there, they wouldn't be having these problems. If they would have done what God told them to do, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be pricks in their eyes and thorns in their sides. But because they disobeyed God, now they've got the problem that they have over there. You see? So you always want to obey God no matter what. No matter what the situation looks like, obey God and it's always going to turn out right. You never go wrong by doing what's right. So that's the situation going on on the the status quo on the Temple Mount right now. President Biden is trying to get them to trade land for peace. He's saying, hey, we need to continue on with this status quo, even though it is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. However, we know that President Biden is not necessarily one to follow the Word of God, right? I mean, in so many ways, he's, he, his administration, his life is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So, let's transition to world government. Revelation 13, 1-3. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. So I had the body of the leopard, feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, and the dragon, or Satan, gave him his seat, power, and great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded unto death, The deadly wound was healed. One of the nations was healed, which was the Berlin Wall coming down. And the Bible says when that happened, all the world wondered after the beast. That's when they came out of the meetings talking about the New World Order and all these different things. New World Order, folks, is world government. So I wanted to give you a couple updates today on the world government. I found an article over the weekend by Peter Hoekstra. It was from the Gatestone Institute. Peter Holkstra was the U.S. ambassador to the Netherlands during the Trump administration. He served 18 years in the U.S. House of Representatives, representing the 2nd District of Michigan, and he served as chairman and ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, and he is currently the chairman of the Center for Security Policy Board of Advisors. So he wrote an article in Gatestone Institute. Now, I'm going to just pull a few excerpts from the article. You can go read it for yourself. Go to Gatestone. It's right there. The title of the article, Danger, The World Health Organization's Death Trap for the United States. Now, again, I'm just pulling a few excerpts because I want you to know what's going on. This is all about world government. The World Health Organization the United Nations, the World Trade Organization, the International Monetary Fund, all of these are designed to rule the entire, to govern the planet. The World Health Organization is to be over our, the health administration of the planet. Now think about that. And they want absolute control. The Because they're very manipulated. You'll, you're going to see that as we go through here. So, a few excerpts from the article. The Joe Biden administration, it appears, unless it's stopped immediately, is teeing up America to make it easy for the Chinese Communist Party to defeat it and other nations through biological warfare. Now you say, whoa, 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 hold on. I didn't know anything about this. Well, on May the 4th, there was a meticulous report put together by... um, and the, the, about Biden handing over U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization. The article was by Peter Bregan, who is, who is a doctor, M.D., and Ginger Ross Bregan. Of course, it raised an alarm, right? Um, so they reported that on May 22nd and 28th. Now, what would that be? First part of next week. Or next week, the Biden administration has proposed amendments to the World Health Organization that will empower the WHO's Director General to declare health emergencies on crises in any nation and to do so unilaterally and against the opposition of the target nation. Okay? So you got to understand the gravity of the situation here. The Biden administration's amendment will make the U.S. legally obligated by international treaty to follow whatever the World Health Organization decides. According to Breggins, on um, next week, ultimate control of America's health care system, and hence much of its national sovereignty, will be delivered for a vote to the World Health Organization's governing legislative body, the World Health Assembly. These amendments will empower the, the WHO's director general to declare health emergencies or crises in any nation, and to do so unilaterally and against the opposition of that target nation. The Director General will be able to declare these health crises based merely on his personal opinion or consideration that there is a potential or a possible threat to other nations. If this is passed, the Biden, the Biden administration's proposed amendments will by their very existence and their intention drastically compromise the independence and the sovereignty of the United States. And the same threat looms over all the UN's 193 member nations, all of whom belong um, to the WHO or will and represent 99.44% of the world's population. In addition, the sweeping new powers will be invested in the Director General of the WHO, To act on his own. Now, I know I'm going to mess this name up, but the director general is Tedros Adhaman Gabreses, commonly known as Tedros. Let's stick with that. So, Tedros, the first non-physician director general of the the World Health Organization. Now, think about that. The guy's not even a physician, and he's the director general of the World Health Organization. And the article says he's an extremely controversial Marxist activist and a politician from Ethiopia installed by the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party. Now, you say, well, why would President Biden, the president of the United States, be willing to engage or willing to yield up much of our sovereignty to this World Health Organization? Because Joe Biden is a globalist. He believes and advocates for a world government. Now, you might you might be sitting there saying, well, Dave, why are we talking about this? World government. Revelation 13, 1-3 prophesies a world governing body that will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We have a world government advocate for our president of the United States. Now, you say, well, you hate the guy. No, I don't hate the guy, but I'm telling you the truth. This is what's happening in the United States right now. He is yielding up much of our sovereignty to these international organizations because he believes in a world government he does not care about the united states i mean let's just be honest and i'm going to get to another here in a moment with the the central bank digital currencies where do you hear that so under the new regulations with this world health organization the world the who will not be required to consult with the identif- with the identified nation beforehand to verify that the event before Taking action, so in you remember what happened back in twenty twenty, President Trump, the President Trump administration, they initiated pulling the U S out of the WHO because it had um, had a had a wretched track record during the COVID pandemic. It took forever to identify it, and then they were, you know, he was uh, President Trump was saying, "Hey, you guys are ruled by the Chinese, and this is crazy. We're just we're not even going to fund you. We're out of here." Well, of course, Joe Biden comes back in and says, oh, yeah, we're going right back in with you guys. And now he's thick as thieves with them. So a World Health Organization with expanded authority, it's a terrifying concept. Can you envision providing an international organization with the power to dictate how the United States should respond to a future pandemic? And they're under the control of a Chinese communist government? Really tied in with them, very thick as thieves. I'm telling you, folks, this is crazy. I'd be calling my senator and saying, hey, somehow we got to stop this. Vote no, whatever you got to do, because we do not want this to happen. And the thing is, it came out, I think it was revealed like April 12th, giving hardly any time for anybody to even talk about it. I mean... The Biden administration is doing so many things that are against our Constitution. I mean, one thing right after another. I mean, when the, when the League of Nations was presented, Woodrow Wilson couldn't even get his Congress to, to sign on to it because they said, no way, we're going to yield up so much of our sovereignty, the United States sovereignty, to this world governing body, it's not going to happen. So it, the whole thing failed. Well, now we've got the United Nations and many other organizations designed to govern the world, and we've got a globalist in the White House. So hopefully we have some, some senators and different people. If it's brought before them, they can shoot it down. They can defund it. Whatever they've got to do to get rid of it, we do not absolutely do not want to do this because it is entangling us more and more in this world-governing body. And we do not want to be a part of that world government in the end time. At the Battle of Armageddon, we don't want our armies going down to fight against Israel. What a travesty that would be. That would be horrible. God's going to destroy those armies. Now, I don't believe that we will be in the world government in the end time. It's not, we're not mentioned. The eagle's wings are not mentioned in the world governing body. And we back up one chapter, we're, we're prophesied to stand with Israel all the way to the end. But um, well, there's got to be a huge shaking up in America. We can't continue to go on like we are right now. Because they're they're, they're just they're throwing our Constitution in the trash can, walking all over it. It means nothing to these people. And we know, I mean, many things. The sanctity of life. There's so many things. They don't care. They say there's a plethora of genders. I mean, it's like, where's the mindset of these people? I do not understand. It's, I'm, I, you can't explain it. And so I think they're just really trying to destroy America. I'm just being honest. Now, one more thing that we need to talk about. Um, President Biden's uh, talked recently about the Bitcoin and all these different cryptocurrencies that, hey, we need to... uh, I think he signed an executive order. We need to govern them. We need to oversee them while our own Federal Reserve, our own central bank here in the United States considers putting out a, a central bank digital currency of their own where they would be able to control everybody economically. So world government, again, and precursors to the mark of the beast. I read an article the other day that 90%, mo, most of the, I, I, I only think maybe there's just maybe a handful of developed nations on the planet that do not have a central bank. Well, I read an article the other day that 90% of the world's central banks were considering a central bank digital currency. I mean, it would be... You talk about economic control. They cannot... They can't get their hands... They can't control Bitcoin. It's not centralized. And all these other cryptocurrencies. So it's galling them to death. They can't sleep at night over it. So they're saying, well, we need to oversee that. Some people have been taken advantage of. And we need our trusted Federal Reserve, our central bank here in the United States which has nothing to do with the government. It's a private cabal of bankers. It has nothing to do with the government of the United States. And they, they, they took the power away from the government to print money and to set the interest rates years ago and gave it to the Federal Reserve, this private club of bankers. But yet Joe Biden says, well, we're going to go to our trusted institution, the Federal Reserve, and we're going to let them propose a central bank digital currency. Boy, that makes you sleep better tonight, doesn't it? Well, this article comes from Breitbart, and I'm not going to go through all the articles. I'm just giving you some headlines. Breitbart published an article. You can go read the entire articles if you want. The Great Reset, World Economic Forum, pushes cashless society and a central bank digital currencies. They put out articles on it. The globalist architects of the Great Reset at the World Economic Forum have thrown their weight behind the concept of a central bank digital currency. Well, that makes me not want one right there. And they're claiming that the state-controlled cryptocurrencies will revolutionize the future of finance. I don't want anything to do with state-controlled anything. And they say, as opposed to Bitcoin, which operates on its decentralized basis with no single entity or person having control over the value, ownership, or functions of said coin's Central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, I'll say from now on, act like a digital form of traditional fiat currency in that they're issued by central banks and therefore are ultimately beholden to the whims of the state. I don't want anything to do with that. And I know you don't either, unless you're an advocate for world government. So while most of these cryptocurrencies are traceable to some degree, the larger concerns for central bank-issued digital currencies is that they, they may be used as a de facto versions of a social credit score. Hey, we'll allow you to become involved in this central bank digital currency if you agree with our agendas and, uh, and act as a model citizen. If you don't, if you don't believe in our agendas, if you're not going to play ball, we, not, we may not let you have access to a central bank digital currency. Now, that's when it becomes scary to force citizens into complying with the wishes of the government. We don't want anything to do with a central bank digital currency. Cash is freedom. Cashless central bank digital currencies, bondage, okay? China is not the only government that has realized that a digital currency issued by the state could vastly increase state power. For instance, the Bank of England, which is currently developing a cryptocurrency version of the pound, has suggested that the British CBDC, central bank digital currency, could be used as a means of a behavioral control. Now, you're talking about thought control, what people do, controlling them using economic sanctioning. Now, we're getting dangerously close to the mark of the beast here, right? Precursors to it. The director of FinTech at the Bank of England, Tom Mutton, said last year that a digital such a digital currency could be programmable, allowing the government to determine what citizens can and cannot spend their money on. Now, wow. Mark of the Beast 101, right? I mean we're getting dangerously close. This was none of this was possible, folks, until the invention of the computer and the internet and uh, the, um, oh, what's it called, the, the uh, oh man, uh, blockchain technology and all these different things, which if you understand cryptocurrency, then you understand blockchain, all these computers tied together around the world. He said you could introduce programmability. What happens if uh, one of the participants in a transaction puts a restriction on the future of this money? He said you could program it. This person does this, they don't have access to it anymore. If they line up, straighten up, start acting right, yes. It's a social credit score, economic sanctioning. He said there could be some socially beneficial outcomes from that, preventing activity which is seen to be socially harmful in some way. Well, who's going to determine that? President Biden? But at the same time, it could be a restriction on people's freedoms. Now, this is a central banker that's noting this, folks. Empowering central banks with the ability to program their currency digitally it comes as concerning for political dissidents, right? Not only in places like Hong Kong, but also in Western nations, which have increasingly seen banking weaponized against conservatives with this ESG scores and all these different things, who have run afoul of the woke mob. You don't want to align your business up and have, you know, uh, complete diversity and all these other things and align up with the um, climate change laws and all the things we're trying to push, these sustainable development goals, then you're not going to be able to participate in this. The World Economic Forum said that the CBDCs are predicted to have one of the biggest disruptive impacts over the next three to five years in the economic systems. In addition... To the United Kingdom, the United States under the, here we go again, the Biden administration and the European Union are also currently drawing up plans to release digital versions of the dollar and the euro, respectively. Now, you talk about controlling a population. You can see with the yielding up sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And then where they... You you saw what our government did, right? Our government can lock the place down and to where you can't... You almost really can't even leave your house, just about. And we saw that happen here in the United States of America. A totally, supposedly free country. They're trying to control... The World Health Organization would say, hey, there's a new um, pandemic. Everybody stay home. If this stuff goes through, that's what they're wanting to be able to do. The World Health Organization, not our government. The World Health Organization. Joe Biden is pro. He's advocating for that. He's advocating for the Federal Reserve and a Central Bank Digital Currency. He's, he is, you can see what he's doing on our southern border with the open borders. That's world government 101, folks. That's not him. You know, he, he, I don't think he's even visited the, the southern border yet. And, but yet, he, he's the president of the United States. He doesn't care about the southern border. He's a, world go, he's a globalist. They have the global compact on migration. The United Nations wants to be able to dictate where the populations of the world are spread out. So they don't want borders. They want to do away with the borders of the America or, or do, the borders of the world, the nation state and create a global state that answers to a one world governing body. That is what's happening in America as we speak. And the Joe Biden administration, he's a globalist. The Obama administration, they were globalist. It's Obama part 2 really on steroids. And that's what's happening and it's world government. It was prophesied to be in place 2,000 years ago.
4: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day.
0: I want to share something with everybody that I don't know if many of you are fully aware of. And that is the central banks and the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central bank of the central bank. Now, these people are, these are the people that are controlling the monetary system of the world. Years ago, uh, late 90s, we did a... My father-in-law... Irvin Baxter did a series of programs with a lady named Joan Vion. She wrote several articles and on she she actually went to and visited the Bank for International Settlements, which was unbelievable back then. And she wrote several articles on the uh, the world, the banks controlling the world, the monetary system, the United Nations, and the the, the horrible entity that that was. And they had great interviews, and I found an article. I could not go back and find the interviews. I wanted to have them so bad, couldn't find the interviews. But I found some articles online that Joan Vion had written. One of them is called Controlling the World's Monetary System, the Bank for International Settlements. I wanted everybody to understand really what's going on in our world today. This article was written August 26th, 2003. Now, there's no way I would have time to go through the entire article. It was huge, but you can look it up. But I wanted to give you a few excerpts from the article because she was actually able to interview one of the bankers at the Bank for International Settlements, which was totally unheard of. But somehow or another, she got her way in there. And so it was very important, and I want you guys to understand. So the article says this. While most people understand what took place when the American Revolution was fought, many are not aware of the permanent financial revolution that is being fought over the world's monetary system all the way back since 1694 when the Bank of England was created. At that time, a group of private individuals decided that they could make a a great deal of money if they change the laws of the land to shift the control of the country's finances from the government to the Bank of England. Okay? Now, this has happened here in the United States, believe it or not. The Bank of England, which is England's central bank, is a private corporation which earns a continuous stream of income when the British government borrows money from them to run the country. The same thing happens here in the United States our country borrows money from the Fed, the Federal Reserve. And they're making money hand over fist, folks. Okay? So they're not working for our best interest. They're working for their best interest. Now, England was the ingenuous country that recognized that they could run the world's finances if they established private corporations in all of the countries of the world. If they could have central banks in all of the developed nations of the world, then they could control their economies and that's what happened. They installed it here in in Russia, the United States, the Federal Reserve is our central bank. So the combined debt of all the world's countries would create an income stream of untold wealth. Unbelievable amounts of money. The richest people in the world are not Bill Gates and Elon Musk like you've been told. There are trillionaires, folks. Trillionaires, trillionaires. People you don't even know their name. Imagine if you were being paid interest on the debt of every country in the world. Now, you're talking some money. In 1913, Congress passed the Federal Reserve Act, creating our central bank. Most Americans don't know that this organization is a private corporation established to control America's monetary system through the banking industry. When Congress passed the Federal Reserve Act in 1913, this private group of bankers only, only got control of our monetary system via the banking system. They didn't have control over the insurance industry and stock markets. Well, by passing the Banking Modernization Act 86 years later... Now they've got control over all of those areas worth not billions, but trillions of dollars. Then, the Congress also passed the Graham-Leachy-Bliley Act with very little fanfare. Hardly anybody knew about it. Former Treasury Secretary Robert Rubin praised the bill as being unnecessary and critical. What it really did was amend key banking laws such as the Banking Act of 1933 the Bank Holding Company Act of 56, the Federal Deposit Institutions Act, the Community Reinvestment Act of 77, and the International Banking Act of 1978 to substitute the Federal Reserve as being responsible for our financial system instead of Congress. When we we need to print money, our Congress doesn't do that. The Fed does. When we need to raise or lower interest rates, When's the last time you heard the Congress did that? No, it's all, the Fed. They're looking. They might raise interest rates in six months. The Federal Reserve, a private group of bankers, the permanent financial revolution that has been waged in America has been without any bullets being fired and with very little explanation from the mainstream press. Right? They're all in it in. They're all in it thickest these folks. And while the Federal Reserve is a private corporation. It's only one of the owners of the Bank for International Settlements. Remember that. My father-in-law told me years ago, Dave, make sure you keep an eye on the Bank for International Settlements. I didn't have a clue what it was. The Bank for International Settlements, he said, it's the central bank of the central bankers. Well, once I started doing my research, going off into my educational phase, folks, oh my goodness. The Bank for International Settlements is the one calling the shots. They're the top. They're the hub. They're the central bank of the central bankers all throughout the world. The Bank for International Settlements, I will refer to that as the BIS from now on, which America helped establish in 1930. Bill Clinton's mentor at Georgetown University, Dr. Carol Quigley, he said that the BIS was to serve as a central banker's bank. The BIS is where all of the... Now, this is in what? uh, central? uh, It's in Basel, Switzerland. The BIS is where all of the world's central banks meet to analyze the global economy, determine what course of action that they will take next to, next to put more money in their pockets since they control the amount of money in circulation and how much interest they are going to charge governments and banks for borrowing from them, in, in, including the United States government borrowing from the Fed. Guess who pays the interest on that money? You and I do, American citizens. American citizens. And Quigley further explained that the powers of the financial capitalism had another far-reaching aim. Nothing less than to create a world system of financial control in private hands, able to dominate the political system of each country and the economy of the world as a whole. So this system was to be controlled in a feudalist fashion by the central banks of the world, acting in concert by secret agreements arrived at in Frequent private meetings and conferences. And the apex of the system was to be the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS, a private bank owned and controlled by the world's central banks, which were themselves private corporations. Now, there's not a whole lot of press about the activities of the BIS. Hence, it's not a household name, right? But over the years, the Bank for International Settlements has amassed more power over the global financial infrastructure than you could even imagine. And Joan Beyon, she actually said, I watched as the BIS had continued to push the envelope further in a borderless world. Uh, some of their growing powers have come directly from governments like ours that have transferred the regulatory power they use to have over the banking system to their central bank. We did that, the Federal Reserve Act. While the rest comes from the simple fact that they do indeed control the monetary system of the world. Now, again, Joan Vion found a way to go to the Bank for International Settlements and to visit there. She describes what it all looked like, and there's all, you can go read the articles. But in an exclusive interview with the um, BIS managing director back at that time, Dr. Malcolm Knight, he went on record when he said, we are not a central bank. We are a, this is the Bank for International settlements. We are the bank for the central bankers. Now imagine being the bank of the Federal Reserve and, and all the other ones around the world. This is extremely important because this fact has not been written about in books on the BIS. Furthermore, no one at the BIS has explained that, that they are the central bank's bank. And, of course, Dr. Knight, who received his postgraduate graduate degrees from the London School of Economics, he explained that central banks need to operate in independence, which means no control by the government, which is pretty clear by all the changes to American law. And you remember when Alan Greenspan was over the Fed. When, and when he went to Congress, they asked him what he thought and what he what would he do. And it should be noted that he, this is not the the um, the guy that's over the Fed, the chairman. It's not he's not elected, he's not appointed, and his word his word literally moves markets. Interestingly enough, since 1997, the Bank of England and the Bank of Japan have been given more power to determine monetary policy, which includes the freedom to set interest rates apart from the government opinion and to intervene in foreign uh, foreign exchange markets, these are the same powers as what the Federal Reserve has. And it's happening all over the world. When you understand that the BIS pulls the strings of the world's monetary system, then you can understand that they have the ability to create a financial boom or bust a country. Uh, Or, or I should say, in a country. And if that country is not doing what the moneylenders want then all they have to do is to sell its currency, right? I mean, look at what they're doing to Russia right now. Whether you agree with Russia or not, look at what they can do. Sanction, sanction, sanction. So when Dr. Knight talked about, uh, with Joan Vion controlling the financial centers, where a lot of hot money could be placed, he's explaining that as a result of the work of these institutions that they are implementing rules on financial behavior all over the world, which means they they positioning the Bank for International Settlements to be able to control this hot money. But Joan Vion said the difference between Dr. Knight's views of the Bank for International Settlements and hers, they were diametrically opposed. He believed, or she believed, as Dr. Quidley said, that the central bank have the financial power over both markets and governments. Dr. Knight said he believes they are fixing the markets. Well, of course, Joan Vion was right. But why did I tell you all this? I want you to understand the systems of economic control that are being that have been installed around the world for decades and decades and decades. And now, our president Joe Biden, I believe he signed an executive order a few weeks ago that we were, we are going to oversee the uh, Bitcoin and these digital currencies, the cryptocurrencies. And yet, our central bank, and another article I read, 90% of the central banks around the world are looking to implement their own central bank digital currency. Now, imagine them issuing a currency that you, they could program that you could not have access to unless you would align your thinking with their edicts that they were putting out. Now, think about that. Now, look at the prophecy of the Mark of the Beast. He's going to cause everybody, both well, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, without which they won't able, be able to what? Buy or sell. Economic sanctioning. All these things are precursors, folks, to the eventual mark of the beast that is just a few years away, and we want to keep you educated really on what's going on so that you're not a part of it.